Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Live to Tape uh, with Johnny Pemberton. That's sort of much, pretty much my name. This is a vocal track. This is not going to work to talk over. But pretty much everything doesn't work to talk over. If you're listening to Live to Tape on the Feral Audio Network with Johnny Pemberton, please be sure to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done already. That helps the boat flow and it helps everything deal better with water, even in its phase changes from steam to ice to liquid to solid and all those other, other phase changes, <clears throat> even plasma. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bellwether Farm Sheep's Milk Yogurt, made in Sonoma County. Good for every day, sometimes even twice a day. Yes, Bellwether Farms Sheep's Milk Yogurt. No, the lack, none of the lactose and none of the goat taste. Sheep's Milk Yogurt. Also brought to you by Dang Coconut Chips, also known as the best flavor that exists. Dang, <coughs> caught in my throat. That's why it's called Dang, because they're so good they get caught in your throat. Dang, this is good. Dang. We're also brought to you by Index Search Limiters. Something you can use on your search engine optimization platform when you're down in a serotonin reuptake inhibitor space. And now begins the podcast. Please welcome my guest with open arms, with arms wide open, Steve G. Thank you, Johnny, for having me. This is very amazing. You knew just what to bring me into. And you, and you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a band called Can, C-A-N. Steve loves them, I love them. Yeah, they're great. Well, probably one of the greatest bands of all time, really. I think about it. It's one of those bands where I just never get tired of listening to them. Like, that sounds very current, and that was like in the 60s. That was, I think it was, well, it was late 60s, right? Like 68, 69, something. Maybe 71 or 72. Uh, Radiohead has stated that oh. they were a huge influence, and you can yes. completely hear it. You can hear it across. There's so many bands. <clears throat> I'm telling you, <laughs> those fucking coconut chips are so good. But you know when something gets caught in your throat, but you don't yeah. feel it until it like it so just you talk. Yeah, it yeah. just. I could drink. A, <sighs> those were really good, and I don't like coconut at all. You don't? No. Oh. No joke. No joke, folks. This is a new segment of the podcast. It's called No Joke, Folks. It's where I seriously, I'm not joking about something. I'm addressing you as folks to prove it. Yeah. Because we know how if you dress someone as folks, like our uh, sweet Obama. <laughs> sweet, <laughs> like sweet Obama. Obama. <laughs> That's what I call him now because you know what I mean? <laughs> so you look back on it. It's like, ah, sweet Obama. Sweet, sweet <laughs> Sweet Obama, lie to me, baby. <laughs> oh, where's that birth certificate? Yeah, man. If you only could have found that fucking birth certificate. Oh, <laughs> we just needed proof. We never uh, got it. Things would have been so much better if we just had that BC. Uh, <laughs> BC. You want to put that guitar down? You can if you yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah, I'm going to put it down. I'll move the I'll stand. Move, are you going to move the stand, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Age is moving the stand to where he can reach it. Uh, it sounds like we're sharing a mic, but we're actually not sharing a mic. I also want to remind you to check out the Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash live to tape. If you sign up for that, there's different levels of subscription. Uh, the lowest one is super cheap, and the next one up you get... Uh, you're going to be able to get uh, ad-free versions of the podcast right away. You'll also be able to get my my monthly uh, mix of songs. Ooh, yeah. nice. Because people want. People want the music. They want the stuff from me. That's why they tune into this show. Yeah, because I'm a curator. I'm a tastemaker. What is that thing that you were sliding cards through? It's just a card reader. It's like a thing that... It's funny because I use it on every show since I got it. And everyone asks me, and I say what it is... So, like, if list, if you listen to the podcast, you're, you're like, already I fucking know what it is! <laughs> it's a magnetic card reader. It's used for teaching foreign languages before computers. Uh, the so teacher good. says, Je suis la jeune vie, and you play it back, and the student re-records it. Uh-huh. It's just a, it's a mag stripe. It's basically like a little yeah. piece of quarter-inch mag tape. What year do you think that was made? I bet this is probably uh, an early 80s thing, but it's yeah. really hard to say, because... So much technology seems like a different age than when it was just because of the nature of, you know, like, like if you listen to Nigerian funk from the 70s, it it. sounds like it's from the 60s because it takes so long for stuff to get over there. So it's the same sort of thing, but I feel like this kind of thing where something that looks like it's from an era, it's actually, because it's a learning thing, because it's been used in schools, it's actually newer than it seems maybe just because shit's so... 
outdated. Somebody gave me a compilation of uh, Nigerian music from the 70s. I think it was called Nigeria 70. Oh, that's it's one of the best ever. It's, it's so, truly, it's a classic. So goddamn good. It's one of those records that sort of like changed. There's a bunch of things that came out in the the late 90s. Actually, not the late 90s, but more like the early 2000s mm-hmm. that just changed the game, especially for me. Like the Trojan box sets the Trojan Records put out, yeah. uh, that got me into reggae. I don't even know about that. Well, it's these little three-CD box sets they put out. They usually were by genre, like ska or rocksteady. Or uh-huh. There was one that was a compilation of uh, this. Trojan put out a compilation back in the day, like in the late 60s and early 70s, called Tighten Up. Uh-huh. It was just like the their, their best, coolest tracks, and these really cool covers with like sexy ladies playing craps or something like that. <laughs> but this was the best of the Tighten Up, and it was just... It, blew my mind it was all that was the same time when nigeria 70 came out i think when ethiopics came out yep you know with the ethiopics yeah that shit's just so amazing so good it's like fucking mind-blowing i mean it's such a whole listeners you know about ethiopics it's a it's a collection of ethiopian music from the 60s and 70s and even 50s a little bit that's heavily influenced by american r&b that's like fucking oh it's so good it's like it's the kind of thing where i when i started listening to it i started only thinking about that sound because it's like a different rhythm emphasis than western music yeah and it's really accessible now thank god you know like they, they make all these compilations that you can find like i used to get all this stuff at amoeba like yeah once i found out about nigeria 70 that was I was like going through all these old like world music compilations and shit I'd never even known about. They're just so good. Yeah. Have you ever been to any of those places? No. Yeah. I would love to though. You Me have. Too. You've been to South Africa. I guess I was in and... South Africa, but I didn't. I didn't feel like I've never really listened to much South African music though. I've, all the African music I listen to is like from Nigeria or like Cote d'Ivoire or yeah. Ghana or yeah. Senegal. Lagos. Lagos. That's a big city, I hear. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're checking out a podcast called Live to Tape where we talk about some big cities we've heard of. What Steve, is it about cities? What is it about cities? <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but I've heard of some pretty big cities. What are some big cities you've heard of that you think a lot of people are probably not talking about these days? Uh, Beijing. Beijing, Actually, wow. Actually, maybe people are talking about that. Actually, I've heard now. a lot about Beijing. I think the Olympics were there at some point in yep, time. Yeah, they were. Yeah, really? Yeah, I heard about that. They had a huge problem with... Uh, Get gearing up for the Olympics coming to town. They, I think they made it for a while illegal to spit because people in China just like it's totally acceptable, it's, it's not gross, everyone really? just spits. And so they're like, fuck, we're gonna have all these people coming from other countries who are gonna be so grossed out by our spit problem. Yeah, it was a huge problem, but isn't, isn't conversely, not conversely, but isn't in Singapore, it's like a capital offense to spit. And to chew, maybe. Or to chew gum. It's something with gum, spitting out your gum, maybe? Yeah. Well, I think gum is illegal in Singapore. <laughs> it's literally illegal. There's it's some... illegal to chew anything. You can't, you have to swallow your food whole. <laughs> 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 I've heard there's some other big cities in China, actually. I heard that uh, there's. There's a big wall there. There's a big wall. There's, isn't there like a hundred. Cities in China that have over a million people. Is that true? There's, like a th- there's some number that I read Ugh. where you think about anything you're ever worried about or think about your place in the world, mm-hmm. and you realize there's just, there's literally several billion people who you could be, you could be almost as famous as George Clooney, and they'd be like, who? They don't know. <laughs> you have yeah. no idea who you are, don't care about you. Yeah. It's like you have no influence whatsoever. Yeah, I was out at Joshua Tree this last weekend, too, and I was out in the park, and I was just like, yeah, we don't matter. N- yeah. None of this matters. We're going to be dead, and all this shit is still going to be here. Were you uh, enjoying anything out there? I went to host a benefit at Pappy and Harriet's. Oh, okay, you told me about this. So yeah. uh, the next day I just drove into the park to look around. You didn't um, drop acid? I didn't do drugs. When's the last time you took a psychedelic? Uh, about a month ago. Really? What was it? Mushrooms, really, How and was it was it? in Joshua Tree. It was for the uh, a benefit medi- meteor show. <laughs> I was on the mushroom benefit. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to it was raise to awareness. Benefit my awareness. Yeah, no, it was for the meteor shower, and oh, it was okay. uh, it was pretty awesome. Was it tits? It was pretty tits. <laughs> it was tasty, and yeah. it was tits. Do people say tasty? They don't. They should though. I love it. Oh, that was tasty, dog. Oh man, 
Listen yeah. to this tasty groove. What a tasty little groove. It's so tasty. Hi, tasty. Tasty cakes. Tasty cakes. You ever had those? Yeah. So, I used to get them all the time when I lived in... Uh, Philly? Pen- f- yeah, right you outside Philly. Philly. Wayne, Pennsylvania. Okay, so let's break this down. Like, Not I by just, choice. Let's break this down. Yeah. You grew up in San Bernardino. Ish, yeah, River, Ish. Riverside, Inland Empire. Inland Empire. Uh-huh. Did you at any point in time have a soul patch? I never had a soul patch. Did you uh, <laughs> choose not to have one, or was it something where your body was like, you're not getting one? I think I tried. No, I could have one. I, I, I just don't like it where food is concerned. Okay. You know? If, if you heard the alternate term for the soul patch? Flavor saver. Oh, have you ever heard taster? No, that's so gross. I know, it's super fucking gross. Taster. Would you say that there is sort of a typical IE dad look? Like, you know, you ever see like a reality show or something where there's someone in Riverside and it's just like you see these people and you're like, yes, I know you live in Riverside. You didn't have to even tell me. It's like the sandals, big chops, yeah. um, yep. some type of a specialist goatee, or yep. maybe just a. Uh, f- uh, what do you call it? A little soul patch. Yeah, a lot of shaved heads. <laughs> shaved heads. Probably some sort of motorcycle apparel. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's very um... cool, Dad. It's very like yeah, cool uncle, cool dad. Uncles. The, I yeah. would say there's more uncles in Riverside. <laughs> there's more uncles in Riverside. <laughs> For some reason, I feel yeah. like there's more uncles. But it's true. I don't know. Like, I'm not. I didn't grow up here, and I. I just. It's like a thing that you. You don't. It doesn't take that much of seeing it to realize. There's just something about the Inland Empire yeah. that creates these type of uncles who have dabbled in production. <laughs> or like Yeah, in, there were the a cars. lot of recording studios in like houses. Yeah. Yeah. They like uh guitars. How did you know about Philly and Tasty Cakes? Are I you just, from Philly? No, I just I re- uh, I used to be a really big fan of the Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, sure. And there's a place that we used to go at in Westwood back when I had a job, you know, when I first moved here. Yeah. And they had tasty cakes, and a guy I worked with who was from Pittsburgh said, oh, "These are the these are the real thing. Huh? Tasty you guys, you guys cakes. get these shipped in?" Like, yeah, we do. I love oh, tasty wow. cakes. Tasty that fucking accent, man. Yeah, I got sent to military school. You did? In uh, right outside of Philly. Uh, why come? Because <laughs> I was really a bad kid. I drank, I drank a lot and I. Uh, it's like 15? Yeah, like 15, 16. So you were just party boy? Yeah, a couple seniors took me out and got me drunk my freshman year and that just changed everything for Do me. Do you think that was because. Were you like really tall back then? I was in my growth spurt, yeah. So uh, what height were you? I was, you know, six. Well above six feet. Because so there is something about when you're in high school, if you're really tall, you are, you are. Um, you're an cool. honorary you're, you're senior. Just, yeah, you're cooler. <laughs> you're like, oh, this guy's cooler than everyone else because yeah. he looks. More he's like tall a, like us. Yeah, he's a tall guy. Yeah, that might have helped, but yeah, they took me out and got me drunk, and then uh, I was just, I really ran with it. <laughs> so you, you enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and so I was just. My grades really suffered, and so my parents were like, yeah, we're sending you to military school. Wait, did your parents have any kind of military background or anything? My dad was in the Army. My uncles were in the Army. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was because they had a friend who sent their troubled kid to military school. Really? And his grades... Skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. got straight A's. Wait, As did I. In military school. Uh-huh. Was it harder, or was it just harder to not... Fuck harder to fuck off. It was a little harder to fuck off. So, but it, you learn to fuck off really well. Yeah, it like teaches you how to do it right, how yeah. to not get caught, right? How to hide drugs yeah. because you can't hide a bottle of alcohol in a military barracks as easily as yeah. speed or oh speed. What acid. kind of speed are you talking about here? Uh, your Blues, bro, you know, reds? biker speed, you know, crank some, some uh, dexedrine. Sure. Damn. <laughs> this was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Wayne, Pennsylvania. Wayne. It's where they filmed Taps. Is this also... No, Fountains of Wayne, that's New Jersey, never mind. It's also Valley Forge Military Academy is mm-hmm. where I went. That was the basis for Pensy Prep in Catcher in the Rye. No way. J.D. Salinger was an alumni. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're uh, you're doing pretty good. I guess. <laughs> 
I guess I, my my head just now when you said J.D. Salinger, I thought Holden Caulfield. I was like thinking that you're comparing yourself to Holden Caulfield, but then I remembered that Holden Caulfield is in fact a fictitious person. And also when I think of Holden Caulfield, I think of Mark. What's his name? The guy who shot Lennon. Oh, John uh, Mark. Lennon. David Chapman God, or something I, like that. Yeah, yeah, Mark David Chapman. I almost said Mark Evan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Mark Evan Jackson like, popping in here? Um, here's Mark Evan Jackson. Uh, I did not shoot John <laughs> Lennon. Hi, guys. I did not shoot John Lennon. I strangled him. Hi, I'm Mark Evan Jackson. <laughs> I've played Johnny's father on television more than twice. I have a very... Very deep voice with a lot of gravitas. Yeah, yeah, I'm a thin man. That's a pretty good Mark Evan Jackson well, effect. I've heard his voice many times, yeah. and I do enjoy it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Evan Jackson. Whatever I'm selling, you're going to buy. King Kong out on DVD and Blu-ray now. Mark Evan Jackson should be in every movie as far as I'm concerned. He should be. He's a good dude. Great guy. Cool guy. Chill guy. Yeah. You have a deep voice, though. Thank you, thank you. Oh, that was horrible. Is your voice as deep <laughs> as Mark's? Um, I I think his might be a little deeper. Yeah, his is more resonant. Yeah, yours has sort of like this shrill quality. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a quality, a shrill effect. Yours has more of like a like a. Um, are we there yet? <laughs> Mom, <laughs> macaroni again? Yeah, when I think of Steve Agee, I think of like a guy who's asking me if the if the food's here, or a guy who's like, "Did you can you move your car, please? <laughs> <laughs> can you say that? See if we wait. Can you say it into the box? Let me record you saying that. Yeah. Okay. Let me just get this set up. Let's just do do the due diligence, oh my God. of course. I'm very excited. I have like a um, I have like a sort of. Uh, can you reuse pay. those cards? Too? Yes, you can. They're oh, magnetic. Oh my god, that's okay, great. Okay, so you're gonna say. Uh, can you move your car, yeah, okay, please? Yeah. Okay, ready? Okay, I'll tell you when. Okay. God, this is. You want me to just come over there, Johnny? No, I got it. Okay. This way. You have to say it nice and loud. Okay. 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 I'll tell you when to say it. I'll give you a three, just... two, and then do it on one. Three, two. Can you move your car, please? Yes, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be really good. Oh my this is God. The kind of I'm thing on that... pins and needles. Can you move your car? Your car. Can you move your car, please? Oh Can my you move God, your... that's Can great. you move your car, please? Can you move your car, please? Can you move your car, please? Can you move your car, please? Car, 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 Can you move your car, please? 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 <laughs> Nightmare! Move it. Can you move your car, please? Click it or ticket. You're lucky I'm off duty. Yeah, you tell that tell can you tell that story to everyone? To me again? Yeah, you really love it. You wanted to make t-shirts based on this story. It's still possible to make a t-shirt. I'll set you up. Okay. Um Man, driving around town sure is crazy, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the other day. Right. I was pulling out onto the main street in my neighborhood. Okay. And some guy thought I ran a stop sign. Wait a Wait. second. Um, can you describe the intersection, please? It's in Beechwood Canyon. Okay. Beechwood Drive is a, the main drive that goes up to the Hollywood sign. Got it. Towards the Hollywood sign. Yeah. And I live off in one of the side streets. And so I was turning onto Beechwood. What kind of car do you drive? A pickup truck. Oh, it's a big truck. It's a big it's car. It's a big truck. Easy to see. Yeah. But there's hedges, so it's hard to see the uh, side traffic at the four-way stop. It's a right angle. So I go out and pull out, uh, turn on to Beechwood, and a guy like comes speeding up behind me and then pulls up next to me in the middle of the road and asks me to stop and roll down my window. Yeah. And I roll down my window, and he's like, uh, hey, man, you ran that stop sign back there. And I go, no, I didn't. He goes, yeah, you did. I go, No. I didn't. He goes, I saw you. I go, apparently you didn't. And he goes, he goes, you're lucky I'm off duty. I'm a cop. He goes, oh, no. He goes, I'm a cop. You're lucky I'm off duty or I would have given you a ticket. And the guy had a huge beard. And I go, well, you couldn't have given me a ticket because you're no cop. You have a huge beard. Cops, cops don't have beards. Yeah. 
And then he just like rolled his window up and sped away. And he had a husky in in the passenger seat too. A husky? By the way. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, I didn't tell That's you. That's the greatest part. That poor fucking dog is so embarrassed for its owner. Be like, I, I want to say. Oh. I can't be sure, but I want to say that Husky had, you know how they'll put a bandana around their oh, neck? Oh, yes. My dog has a bandana, so I'm guilty. I, I, I want to say he had that, but um, I really also want to believe the dog had sunglasses on, <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> You're lucky I'm off duty. You're lucky I'm off duty. And I called him on it. I'm like, You're not a cop. Cops don't have beards. And he took off. Cops don't have beards. Cops don't have beards. Unless you're working undercover, but he's probably not. He's not vice. Nah. I met some vice cops once that came into the Big Fish Bar and Grill. I think you told me about it. Yeah. I think that came up in our conversation. Because Cheezer was working, and he said he told me. Cheezer, the bartender, rest in peace, Cleet uh. Dumpster. He said, see those guys over there? Uh-huh. They're vice cops. No way. And what I say to him when I see him, I say, hi, guys. Are you working, or can I get you a drink? And they say, we're working. And they get a drink, and they just pretend to drink it. <laughs> Is that true? It's true. I saw them. It was two, like, burly dudes with, like, they just looked like they were trying to be, like, tough motorcycle bros. And they pretend to drink? Yeah, they just have a drink so that they fit in. So they have, like, they don't seem like a... Is there shady... Sh- was there shady shit going on in the Big Fish that... Undercover cops would have to be in there? I don't think so, but I think if you're a vice cop, you probably just visit a lot of bar. I mean, it's a bar. That's like a real bar, you know? Yeah. It's not like a fucking hipster bar. No. It's like a place where... if I, I think if a bar is around long enough, it will eventually attract some clientele at some point in time that will have to be managed. But Bar flies. Who knows? Also, Cheezer was like bartender forever, so he just... They probably... It doesn't take much for you to f- pick stuff out. I'm sure if you have a bartender, it must be some sort of crazy knowledge bank that you have. Because I've never been a. Have you ever been a bartender? N- no. Never mind. But I feel like that's like a like a thing where if you're a bartender, it's like a thing where oh, how did you how did you know that guy was this this guy? Like, I used to bartend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like oh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, that was the weirdest bar, man. That was straight out of a David yeah. Lynch movie. It's gone. Is it really? Yeah, it's been. Uh, it got rebought. The owners sold it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a bar called the Big Fish Big Bar Fish. and Grill on San Fernando, across from the railroad tracks, which is across from a strip club yep. that I used to do stand up at. You used to, used to perform there too, right? Uh huh. Sometimes. Yeah, Doug and Denver, Doug Pound and Denver Smith used to host a yep. Tuesday night <clears throat> comedy show called The Fucking Coconuts Back. The Big Fish. <clears throat> called the Big Fish. Uh, called D and D's Joke Center. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's called oh D&D's Jokes because Doug and Denver's Joke Center. And it was like the most locals, like real bar. And it took about a year of them doing the show before people who would go there every day after their job as an electrician or whatever that, whatever union job they had, the guys in their 40s and 50s, they just fucking hated the show. Oh, my God, and they dude. would heckle. That show was a battle. It was a battle, but it was also... It basically taught me how to do stand-up, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, later on, it was something where I couldn't do stand-up because I was so used to being defensive and filling dead air. Because yes. if I didn't have it fill, someone would go, yeah. hey, you stupid piece of little turd! Yeah, shut up! Yeah. Oh, or even fuck. something like this, just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of inaudible, yeah. like, mumbling. <laughs> yeah. What? Thank I used you, to give sir. it to Cheezer and Billy hard. I give it to Billy. I give it to him hard. And also, you would have to deal with a train coming by every 15 minutes. Which was so cool. Really loud, too. Did you ever see the This American Life uh, piece on it? No. They shot it, and I don't think it made it to air. It was going to be a documentary. Judd Apatow, before he made Funny People, he was going to make a documentary about stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. And he was making it... Um, there's all these different things it was going to be and wasn't. But it ended up, what happened was, it stopped being a documentary and made the movie Funny People instead. Instead, can I get, some, can I get a water in here so someone's listening? 
Hi, is anyone? Hi. Hi, Daddy. Daddy needs a water really bad. He Daddy needs, qu- needs a quench. Is anybody out there listening? Daddy needs some water. Daddy needs a quench. Daddy needs some water really bad to finish. I don't think they can hear us right now. I think they quench should. Daddy. What about Matt or, Matt or Brendan or Noah? Is Noah out there? Can I? Can, you, can someone bring me a glass of water? Would that be okay? Thank you so much. See, so Dad. Once you say a proper name, it really helps out. And I'll get back into the story. Don't worry about it. I promise you. Little quenchy. Give me a little quenchy. Little quenchy. Give me a little quenchy. Show little me where you quenchy. drink. Show me where the water comes from. Little quenchy. Thank you so much. Yes. Little Quenchy Little Quenchy Sometimes you need a little drink To make your body feel better Sometimes you need a little something to drink Whether it be coffee, Gatorade or water Coffee, get rid of water. Those are three <laughs> things that I drink. Coffee, Sometimes I drink a little bit of ramble that's sitting in the kitchen sink. <laughs> I drink up all the urine that I see on the ground. There's a lot of drinks out in the world. Some are yellow, some are brown. A lot of drinks out in the world. I'll take you to the side of town If you want something delicious Talk to the bartender man He'll pull out the pickle juice And pour it in your left hand Well, last night I went down to Little Quenchy's Down to Little Quenchy's He went down to Little Quenchy's Pretty good Pretty good, going on, feeling strong. Put that on SoundCloud. Hey, can we put that on SoundCloud, please? You know what I found to replace Gatorade? What's that? Huge fan of now, um, Pedialyte. Okay. Ooh, man. Yeah, you know what? All the uh, people I know who are big drinkers, they swear by it. Adult drinkers. Yeah, I hear I hear it's good for, you know, hangover stuff. Yeah. But I do it, I'll get uh, dehydrated a lot because I drink so much coffee and stuff. And How much coffee do you drink? Just constant. <laughs> In fact, I had to go to the emergency room like a few months ago because uh, I started getting crazy heart palpitations right? and like I thought I was having a heart attack. And right. I go and they give me an IV of fluids and they're like test doing blood tests. And the doctor comes in and he's like, when was the last time you had water? <laughs> and I had to think about it. I was like, oh. How recently was this? I know, maybe two days ago. Mm-hmm. Because I've just been drinking coffee. Um, why? Which has water in it. It, yeah, <laughs> but the coffee acts as a, it's a diuretic. Caffeine is diuretic, yeah. yeah. So you end up losing more water than you gain from what you're drinking. Yep. And so I had that IV, and then uh, the, the doctor was like, Pedialyte. Okay. And it it makes me almost feel high. Like it's so really? good to feel that hydrated. It's no sugar, right? Or there's no, some it's, sugar. It's like a glucose or something. Maybe a little, but it's not as um full of sodium and shit as Gatorade. I'm going to get some. It's fucking good and they have all sorts of flavor. It tastes like uh, uh Hawaiian punch. John Knoxville swears by it. It's really, and he it's enjoys really booze. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Even if you don't drink, if you're you know out hiking a bunch and Did you drink, right? I don't drink. When did you quit? I mean officially like 4 or 5 years ago mm. just because I would have just one or two beers and I'd feel gross the next day. Really? So I just stopped. I guess you got a lot in early on, though, like you were saying. I really did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wasn't drinking to get drunk anymore. I was like, why am I even social drinking? Right. I don't really like the taste of booze. So yeah. I, did, I just stopped. See, I, just, I like to drink in celebration or drink <laughs> when I'm DJing. But I realize <laughs> if I'm not doing something and I'm drinking, it just is like, oh, I'm just doing this to for nothing. Yeah, why? I'm doing this to sort of like throw some gravel down in a, a relatively smooth road. <laughs> like, oh, let's just right, come, let's I make this shitty. I love that analogy. Hey, this road's great. Let's mess it up a little bit. <laughs> let's throw some g- gravel out on that ice skating rink. Hmm. Let's see. Everything's going great. This is a let's, smooth road I've created for myself. With some sand. Uh, I'm getting bored with the ease of this of, of life. Let's dig a hole. Hey, can we dig a hole in this road, please? This road needs more potholes. Fill up with something that'll cause me to slow down. Yeah. More speed bumps. Speed bumps. You want to bump a speed? Oh yeah. You got some. <laughs> 
<sighs> I found out recently that really blew my mind that you used to be a, a big time rock climber. Yeah. I showed you some photos. I just can't believe that. It's so crazy because I the first thing I ever got into as a kid that I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. And mm-hmm. I felt I felt like special. I just felt like um I found something that was really interesting and uh, me was rock climbing. Mm-hmm. I took a class at the community community education class mm-hmm. uh, on rock climbing at the Mayo High School in Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah, which I think has the first indoor rock wall oh, nice. in the country. I think they built it's it like nineteen sixty eight or something. Holy shit! Yeah, it's pretty crude. the The old part's pretty crude, but they taught this class, and the guy who taught it was like the coolest, still probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met. You know, uh-huh. like. There's like a thing with, do you find there's like a thing with rock climbers where it's like the kind of person where there's just something like very genuine about that type of person that, I don't know if it's because you're doing something that's so dangerous, you have to be honest, you have to be trustworthy. They're very zen-like. They're they're like hippies, but not in your face with it and not as extravagant looking. Not aggressively chill. No. There's like sort of almost like a... uh, Oh, I don't know what it is. There's just a certain certain quality of person that I feel like if I ever really needed some help, it's almost like a fireman or something. Like, you know yeah. how people like in firemen, oh, you want to solve the problem? Just ask some firemen to do it because they'll like, <laughs> they won't bullshit around. They'll be, okay, well, yeah. just, it's like Judge Judy. <laughs> like, not as aggressive. It's just yeah. really simple. I but, loved it. I, I took to it immediately. I, I took... Like you, a, a rock climbing class in college, and I did it because there was a girl I had a crush on, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll sign up for that rock climbing uh-huh. class. And I fucking, from day one, loved it. I was like, this is amazing. This yeah. is so fun. And we had a rock climbing wall in our gym, and and there were also a few places around town, you know, like in the hills that, that had rocks that we could climb. Right. And then we went this out is, to Joshua Tree. This is in, where is this now? This is in Riverside. Okay. And, uh, but like Ida Wild was nearby oh, and Joshua Tree and mm-hmm. all these places. And, um, I was at that rock climbing wall every day after school. Um, the second year of school, I was helping the teacher teach the class and I would just teach when he wasn't there. Right. And then I took a job as a rock climbing instructor at a summer camp. And a lot of that time involved going out to Joshua Tree. To, this is in California still? Uh huh. This was in Idlewild, in the mountains above Palm Springs. And um, I thought I was going to do that for my life. I was like, yeah. I'm going to rock climb. I would take time off of school and just go camp out of my truck in Joshua Tree for weeks. By yourself or with, like, climbing buddies? By myself. And I would just meet people out there, other rock climbers, and climb with them. And uh, Yeah, it's very social like that. It's a thing yeah. where, hey, what's up, dude? Oh, yeah. Hey, you want to climb with it? Sure. Oh, I got a rope over here. <laughs> I got a rope I got over. a rope. I got a harness, uh, some shoes. What is it about rock climbing? What? Hi, welcome to What Is It About Rock Climbing? I'm Johnny Pemberton, and my guest is Steve Agee. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, well, we're talking about what is it about rock climbing? There's just something about rock climbing that makes it, well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're here to answer that age-old question, what is it about rock climbing? Caller number one, you have a question. Uh, I believe you're asking, why rocks? Well, I mean, have you ever tried to climb anything else? A tree? I guess that's okay. Hi, I'm a, I have a question about um, why rocks, why not something softer like dirt or maybe something similar to that. I'll uh, take my answer off air. There's... Okay. <laughs> I'll take my answer off air. Uh, thank you, Carl. I, I think his name that. was Philip. I didn't hear it, but um, uh, Philip asks, why why rocks? <laughs> okay, uh, next, <laughs> next question. <laughs> next question. Hi, my name is Susan Jeffer. Oh, no, no, no last names, please. No last names. No, okay, sorry. That. Okay, we have to drop her. If, uh, Susan, you have to call back and do not use your last name. Thank you. Okay, next caller. Hi, this is Susan again. I don't say my last name. Thank uh, you. Uh, so I was curious, what is it about? What is it about? Um, why is rock climbing something that you want to do outside? Okay, Susan said, I think she said, why do you want to rock climb outside? Um, good question, bad question. What do you think? What I think is it's a about? great question. Okay. I mean, there are walls, so you can climb indoors, but it's true. Uh, it's just a little more relaxing, I feel, to be out in nature, uh, get some sun, some vitamin D, vitamin um, D, fresh air, fresh air. 
Less crowds. Less crowds. Yeah, commune with nature. Commune. Did you, did you find it interesting when you started climbing outside, like the difference, like how much harder it is? Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's there's, such a thing. It, there's no mapped out route. You're just, oh. like, figuring it out. Yeah, because I remember being, feeling, like, pretty fucking badass in the gym. Yeah. Um, I was small, so I, I didn't weigh very much. I was pretty uh-huh. good at climbing. Yeah. And I just had, like, fucking huge balls for some reason. Yeah. And I... Also, I was top roping. So when you're top roping, you have this inherent, you feel the rope. Yeah. If you're getting a, a, a tight belay, so you feel very safe. There's a yeah. thing, though. You, you take more chances. Yeah. But then when you go out on the rocks, I mean, I could barely do a five, like a five, six. Also, the, the, the wall is so short. So yes. We went out to some place. The first time I climbed outdoors was a place in southeast Minnesota, or southwest Minnesota called Blue Mounds. It's this mm-hmm. beautiful uh, blue granite cliff face mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. I guess uh, Native Americans used to drive buffalo off there to to kill them. Holy they'd shit! They drive the buffalo off the cliff. It's like a like a special. Like they'd herd them off of the. They'd cliff herd them off and then use their meat and yeah. The every part you got to use every part of that buffalo. You got to use it. You if you don't, it. you go to. You get shipped to Europe. Dan Mintz has a really funny joke about that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Where he's like. I adhere to the Native American um, way of hunting where you use the entire animal. For instance, uh, if I kill a, a bear, I will use the jawbone to make a knife and the rest of the animal to have sex with. I <laughs> remember <laughs> that old joke. Yeah. So, such an old I'll joke. I use the jawbone to make a knife and the rest of the animal to have sex to with. Have sex with. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm a genius. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that, so that's the first place I climbed. It was something where, I was like, holy fucking shit. That's oh, so fun. I, I I miss, I thought I was going to, you know, that would be my yeah. living. I was trying to figure out, you know, maybe I can teach it for forever. Or another option I was looking into was search and rescue. Because mm-hmm. um, I was into hiking and mountaineering too and also scuba diving. And I knew uh, uh, a friend of our family's who was into search. He did search and rescue. Right. And part of it was scuba diving. This sounds really fucked up, but to find bodies, like yeah. cars crash into a lake or someone drowns, you got to go. Someone's got to find that body. And it's search and rescue. They scuba, and, and I remember having a long talk talk with that guy about it. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's a good living. And he's like, uh, it's very rewarding. And he's like, but you got to find you know, that body. You got to deal with the images in your head every now and then of finding a body. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't want to do it because of that, or what? No, I still wanted to, and then uh, I had a rock climbing accident. And oh then, shit! Then I really? Was, I didn't know that. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, I don't want to climb anymore. Can you talk about it? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was climbing a rock that I'd climbed probably fifty times before. Like a route. Yeah. Where was this? Joshua Tree. No, this was on Mount Rubidoux in the Inland Empire. Okay. And, um, Do you want some music for this story? Sure. What kind of music would you like? Something uh, suspenseful. Or? Yeah, yeah, suspenseful. Has uh, anything come to mind in terms of suspenseful? I'm or to think or of... maybe do you, some score music. From, I was like, just about to Thomas say Thomas Newman. Or... Um, who's the guy who used to score all those seventies like um, Get Carter kind of movie? Like you know, like the dun, dun, oh uh, Lalo Schrifen. Lalo Schri- Yeah, Lalo Schrifen. Damn, you know I think you're probably the only person I've ever I know who could drop that name out of nowhere. He did all the Mad Max, yeah. uh, not Mad Max, the uh... the Mission Impossible, right? Yeah. Shit. Also, Enter the Dragon and uh, Dirty Harry. The theme song, by the way, to the Enforcer, Dirty Harry, the Enforcer, is my favorite uh, of his. There's so many good uh, theme songs like that that are out there. It's just crazy. Uh-huh. Here we go. What you're thinking. Here it is. Dirt, is I got it for you. Oh. Is this, this, sco- is, is this the Enforcer? Okay, I'll find it. The Enforcer is Scorpio's theme. Yeah. Sudden Impact, Road to San Paulo, Hotshot Cop. I don't know if the Enforcer is listed here by name, but either way, here's some music. Might have it on my phone. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to live to tape on the Federal Audio Network. My guest is Steve Agee. He's about to tell a story. Oh, no, Magnum Force, I'm sorry. I was just fucking... Do- God. Unbelievable. 
talking about the movie. Talking about the movie Magnum Force. Main no. title. If Main you title. Play okay, that. let's do it. Magnum Force, a do, different do, movie. Do, 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 okay, do, do. I'm gonna unplug this. Still Dirty Harry. Yeah. I was in the ballpark. Oh, you have one of these fucking new phones. Sorry. God damn it, Steve. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up on Spotify. Okay, okay. I'm dedicated to this now. It'll be on there. We're, it's my favorite. Or what you say, priced in. We're priced. It's in. so seventies and groovy. Okay, Magnum Force. Magnum Force. Um, hi everyone, welcome to this. <laughs> Magnum Force theme. This is it, right? Oh yep. Oh, okay, here Wait we go. Till this shit kicks in. Hi. Oh yeah. Hi. Hi. This is the Magnum Force theme by Lalo Scherfer. He had a rock climbing accident. Oh, fuck. Right here. This is devastating. So great. Do you think Morricone heard this? Or I think he heard Morricone doing something. Because this is very similar to the Exorcist theme song yes. that Morricone did. Uh, both both One or the other. Yeah, very good. Same time frame, right? Yeah. So it's it's got to be like almost maybe even the same year for all I know. But Also both Eastwood. What do you mean? Clint Eastwood movies. Exorcist wasn't a Clint Eastwood Oh, movie. no, no. I was th- Sorry, I was thinking good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, but still, there's uh, a connection there. This is too cool for you to tell a story, Tim. This song is so good, and I, it's a bummer that it's so short. It, you know, it's like a two-minute song. Yeah. But yeah, I was climbing a... Okay. I was hiking on Mount Rubidoux. Right, by yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah or no? I wasn't... Yes, and I wasn't <laughs> planning on rock climbing. And then I saw that rock that I'd climbed uh, so many times well, before. How, how big is the rock? It's probably thir- 30 feet. 30 feet, so it's not a boulder problem. It's a... Right. It's a You should have top-roped it or something. Yeah. And I'd done it so many times, I was like, I'm just going to climb this. What do you think? Well, how would you grade it? Probably five, maybe five, nine. Okay. Five. Ladies and gentlemen, the classifications for rock climbing routes start at five, five, I believe. Because class five is the name for when you're fully exposed, you're going you're climbing vertically. Yeah. Class one is like walking down the street. Class two is like a hill. Class three is like... I don't, I don't know how how it works, but class five, five, five is, and five six you can probably do without ropes and be yeah. okay. But well, you would sustain. You might get hurt if you fell. Well, you if any five you'll get hurt, right? Because that's Possibly, vertical. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the the point the number after the points the difficulty, right? Yeah. So like Olympic shit is five eleven. That's like madness. Yeah, and I think once it get God, it's been so long. I think once it gets to five ten, it it goes five ten A yeah, B C, C D because it's D. so specific and incremental in degrees of difficulty. Yeah. And so there's probably a five nine. You know, right? It wasn't super difficult, mm-hmm. but you, <laughs> I should have been using a rope. But I was like, oh, I've done this a million times. Right. Started climbing it. And it was a crack climb too. It was okay. like a smooth rock with a crack where you those are great. Put your hands yeah, you in, stem it in, and 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 twist. You torque your hands and Dude, feet. That shit, yeah. I wish people could see that because that's a thing that if you don't know what that is, it's the coolest thing, but it's also like really scary. Yeah, because you can get your finger caught. You can lose if people there's lose nothing their to finger. hold on to. Right, and you also want to tape your your knuckles, knuckles, and your. Yeah, you want to tape your knuckles because you're just twisting your own hands uh-huh. into rock. And uh, I was nearing the top of it, and my feet slipped out, and one of my hands slipped out. And so my entire body fell, and I couldn't get my right arm out. And so Jesus Christ. My right shoulder took the weight of my whole body and tore my rotator cuff and dif- dislocated my shoulder. And then I fell. Fell 30 feet? Yeah, uh, yeah, 20 25 feet. to, yeah, probably about 20, 25 feet. What did you land on? A rock, and I broke some ribs. <laughs> oh, fuck. So you're by yourself. How far out are you? How far up and out? I mean, it's probably a quarter mile back to my okay, truck. Okay, that's not bad. And so I get, I get back to my truck, and um, and then, but 
my truck was a stick shift, and I had to drive a stick shift with a dislocated shoulder to the hospital. But you and, did it, uh, right? Yeah, I did it. And then I just kind of stopped climbing after that. Well, how long did it take you to recover? A long time. It was my sh- shoulder was fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I moved to L.A. after that and started, you know, working on TV and writing and stuff. And I, I had a bunch of jobs and offices. So What I do just, you mean? Like you started, you moved to L.A. after that. That's sort of like you kind of glossed over something that seems like. Uh, once school <laughs> was over, I like came to L.A., to play music. I wanted to play music. I was in you, bands. And, uh, when did you start playing music? Early 90s. Well, what, did you, what did you play? Bass. Bass. I forgot that. Yeah, we both were bass players. Yeah. yeah. But you played bass like in rock bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and so I came to LA. I was like, oh. And I went to the Musicians Institute in Hollywood. I was like, I'm going to learn to read music. Maybe right. I can be a studio musician. And, uh, and I was just, you know, doing day jobs. I was working on like reality shows like real world and road rules so i was right. in an office a lot and just i just stopped rock climbing and all my outdoor shit <laughs> <laughs> he stopped and then, rock climbing and then weight set in weight set in wait he moved to wait. hollywood wait wait set in wait set in because you weren't being as active as you used to be who is this? This is Klein and MBO. I like this. This is just some, uh, this is a song called Dirty Talk. It's like the, sort of the quintessential Italo disco song. Yeah. You can listen to. I've never once been like, oh, I don't want to listen to this song. It's outstanding. Yeah. We can't talk over it. It's too good. It is good. It's too good. So you, so you start, you say you started gaining weight, <laughs> you said? Well, my metabolism just fucking. Yeah, because you used to be a Mr. Slowed. Active. Yeah, my metabolism slowed down. And I was writing on Kimmel, and I had an office that was right next to a kitchen with just... What do you mean, writing on Kimmel? How'd that? That's uh, like a big deal. I was a writer for Jimmy Kimmel. I started right. out as a researcher and worked my way up to writer. But how did that happen? So that was like one of the, f- the fourth or fifth jobs you had, because you said you were working for Road Rules and like, yeah, stuff like I, that. Yeah, uh, when I was playing in bands and also taking classes at Groundlings, I was like working at Starbucks or whatever day jobs, yeah. w- waiting tables. This was after Musicians Institute? Yep. And then I had a teacher at Groundlings who, uh, she was a story editor on Road Rules okay. and Real World, and she got me a job as a logger. Where? At Kimmel? At, no, 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 at Real Rules. World. And so I worked in reality TV for years. Like I worked on Real World, Road Rules. The Osbournes, Temptation Island, Joe Millionaire. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. There's so many comedians who had that job. I feel I, like I it's like a very common... It's an easy job, and yeah. it's a job where you can work nights or days. Yeah, it's flexible. It's mindless. You just watch raw tapes from these shows, and you <laughs> enter what's happening into right. a computer for the writers. It's an easy job to get. <laughs> it's an easy job to take, and it's like the mafia. It's like... Once you work in one of those shows, people are always like, I have an idea for a reality show. And then you can just go work for them. It's so crazy. Because it's just sort of uh, it splinters off. It's kind of incestuous. Yeah. And I remember working on uh, Real World thinking, mm-hmm. this isn't going to last. <laughs> These shows are fucking horrible. This isn't going to last. Isn't it and crazy how now it's basically, it's, it's not just here to stay. It really is. It is. What is? Yeah. It's like just the nature of yeah. of entertainment. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like you can't even say anything bad about it because it's like saying you don't like... Yeah. I don't know. It's just so... It's so endemic. It's like trying to condemn smartphones and people always looking right. at their phone. It's like, that's not going away. That it's is... It's not going to happen. It's just going to get worse. It's going to get way worse. Yeah. Or maybe... Not worse. It depends on your perspective, right? It's going to get way better. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you're working on there, and then how did you end up working on Kimmel? Uh, I started having panic attacks, I think p- partly because I was so, I felt so sh- morally bankrupt working on all these reality really? shows. Yeah, I was like, this is, you know, and you're making people look like they're doing shit that they're not doing. Are you like, what age are you at this point? I'm like 20 late 20s okay so you're sort of i'm trying to i'm figuring myself out in life and uh and then i start having panic attacks that are so bad that i can't 
go to work anymore. Is this the first time you ever had that happen? To this effect. I would usually get a panic attack a year. Like, and, really? And they would last like do you five remember minutes. The, do you remember the first one you had? Yeah, I was in military school. Really? It was after seeing a kid fall against a wall and his head split open. Oh, shit. And that night I was in the mess hall eating and I had a really bad panic attack. And I think I trace it back to I think that was my moment. I was like 17 mm-hmm. of realizing we're all going to die. Okay. It was it was just like an awakening like, oh, my God, I saw that kid's head yeah. open up and blood everywhere. We're all going to die. The fragility of life. Yep. And that started my panic. Did you know attacks. it was a panic attack? Though? No, I thought I, I thought I was dying. So what ha- what was the outcome of it? Like, did you have to go to an infirmary? Or? Well, no, it was weird because it manifests itself. I have had so many panic attacks in my lifetime, and there are so many different ways that it manifests itself. Like, and the typical way that they show in TV shows and movies is someone thinks they're having a, a heart, heart attack. attack. Yeah, um, but there are other ones where. Some panic attacks or anxiety attacks, you're, you're not panicked, or at least you're not aware of being panicked, but you, right. you get this feeling. I would get this feeling sometimes like I wasn't give it, getting enough oxygen. Okay. Like, you can't breathe. I just, no matter how deep I would breathe in, I felt like it wasn't enough. And then it feeds on itself because your fact that you're altering your breath yeah. is creating, you're, it's not, you're not breathing naturally, so no. you're not getting oxygen in your body exactly. freaks, stresses out. And you're, in actuality, you're fine because you are still breathing. Yeah. It's just you're hyper aware of it. Right. And that was a form. And then for me, the first ones were it would manifest itself as I couldn't swallow. Okay. Like, so I was in the cafeteria eating and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, I couldn't swallow my food. That's interesting because I feel like I've had mild versions of all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's never come to the point where i feel like there's only been one time when i thought i was sort of having a panic attack yeah and even then i think i was able to medicate it or something uh-huh. like i just chugged a beer or something i don't know <laughs> but yeah it was it was it, that plagued me for a decade well, and i point, didn't know i didn't tell anybody i didn't know what the fuck was going on and it was really the freaky thing to this me was military school yeah starting the f- then and then starting moving, and going yeah. through college mm-hmm. and the freaky thing to me was that this is an involuntary act like this is something i shouldn't have to think about yeah like you just chew your food and you're not thinking swallow Mm -hmm. now swallow or heartbeat or breathe or breathe and so once you become aware of it it's and can't do it it's so fucking frustrating at what point did you realize they were panic attacks and not something you didn't know what it was or confused about it was um i think when i was living in la okay. I, I had a friend who was an actor and i told him i, I actors are very well versed oh my god artists like artists in general and <laughs> yeah. i was explaining it to him he's like yeah that's a panic attack i get them all the time i was like what mm-hmm. that's a panic and he's like yeah and i immediately just unloaded and started telling him all these things and he's like dude these are all panic attacks mm-hmm. And then I would talk to other people, and they're like, yeah, I get that. That's a panic attack. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me was talking, talking to people and finding out how common it is. So after that, after having that knowledge, did you, did you make any changes in your life? Um, for a while, just knowing what it was helped. Okay. Um, it helped just kind of make them happen less often. Yeah. And then it was when I was working on – on those reality shows. And I think the last one was <laughs> Joe Millionaire, where it's like we're making it look like he's making out with this girl or having sex with this girl when they aren't, you know. And Those shows are so – people – I think people, more people need to understand that when you're watching a reality show – It's so scripted. It's so, But it's also – it's like in a way it's a masterwork of – Editing and producing. It's yeah. it's truly like behind the scenes. Those people are good or bad. They're fucking magicians. Yeah. And I felt fucking immoral and guilty about all that shit. Right. And I was like, I started having panic attacks like instead of once a year or once a month, like once a day. Oh, shit. Then like five times a day. And then anytime I would go out in public, I would have them. And so I was at work one day and started having a panic attack, and I just got out up, and I was walking out of the office, and right. my boss was like, where are you going? I was like, uh, I, I got to go to the bank. And then I just went home, 
and I didn't leave my apartment or my house for like two or three months. Really? Yeah, I became highly agoraphobic. Did you have like friends and stuff were helping you out and things? Uh, nobody knew. What are you talking about? So how did you eat? How did you get like, you know what I mean? Like how did you? I'd borrow get... money from my parents. Right. Um, and I had some saved up from work, obviously. To get food, I would only leave my house like two or three in the morning when I knew wow. there wouldn't be a lot of people out. This is cool. I'd do drive-throughs so I didn't have to get out and deal with people or yeah. have a panic attack in public. I remember one the, – the time that I think it snapped for me is I went to a, a 7-Eleven like two or three in the morning and I pulled into the parking lot. And I saw one customer in the store, and I had to sit in my car and wait for, like, 15 wow. minutes for them to leave before I would go in. So it's sort of like a social anxiety thing as well. Oh, my God, yeah. 100%. So you had to have friends and stuff at this point because you've been living here for a while and you're working with people. Yeah, but I wasn't telling anybody how bad it was. Nobody so, knew. They were just like, would they come hey, you want to go out you? You wanna go out and do something? I would always be like, oh, I can't tonight. Okay, so you just were sort of, wow, that's really I just made myself unavailable and— um, that's crazy, man. And then one night that happened, and I just sat in my car, and I just started crying. And I, I had a full emotional breakdown. Right. And uh, I called Sarah Silverman, who I knew had suffered from panic attacks. How did you know her at this point? I did a play that her friend wrote. This was, like, late 90s, and uh, she came to the opening night, and we we actually bonded over panic attacks. She was like, oh, hey, that was really <laughs> funny, and I go... Oh, thanks. I go, I, I don't like doing live theater. I, I'm afraid I'm going to yeah, right. you know, forget my lines or like I, I get panic attacks. And she's like, me too. And we immediately bonded over panic attacks. This is before you started working at Kimmel? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you guys bonded. So you called her. So I called her because I knew. She'd be sympathetic. She would know what to do. <laughs> and she was like, she's like, dude, you have to go see my shrink. Yeah. You'll probably get on antidepressants, mm-hmm. and it will probably change your life. And so that week, I went and saw Shrink, who uh, prescribed me Lexapro, okay, which is an antidepressant, but it's also used for anti. I wasn't depressed; I was having panic attacks, and it's also used for that. And um, within like a week, I was out of the house; wow. like nothing had ever happened. So it must have felt pretty cool. Yeah, and even for those who don't believe in antidepressants, even if that was a placebo effect, it still wouldn't doesn't I'm like, matter. I'm like, I don't care. It that's, got me out of the house. Yeah, I feel like that's a. I feel like with placebo, it's a thing where it doesn't matter if it's real or not. If it works, it works. Exactly. So, at what point? It just it doesn't really matter because yeah. it's like anything. Mm-hmm. So you got out of the house, then you started like things started to be really good and. Changing. Yeah, and then uh, not long after, Sarah started dating Jimmy Kimmel, and she was like, hey, they have an, a job. And I had just quit that job, right. the reality show job, and she was like, they're looking for a researcher because mm-hmm. he wants to start showing clips, funny TV clips on his show, and they need someone to watch TV. And I go, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I can do that. And so that was my job for a couple of years. I just watched TV all day for Jimmy and um, would find clips and then uh, eventually started writing. The rest is history. And then Sarah's show got made and picked up, and that's that. The rest is IMD Base. IMD Base. IMD Bag. Um, you should tell. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to close to the point of, of finishing things here, Ooh. but uh, would you like to tell listeners about the podcast that you do? Would you like to tell people about that at all? If you wish, you can't. I have you two have, podcasts, that's right, you have Johnny. Two. Okay. One is called Steve Ag uh, 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 which I would like you to come on and do. Yeah, I would it? like you to have you on the other one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh is one I've been doing for years. Uh, we're nearing a hundred episodes right now. You do it sporadically. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You've done one in a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed. I got really good about doing it, and then in the past few months, I've been working a lot, so I haven't been. It's okay. It's hard to book a podcast. Yeah, believe me. You know. I'm living proof. How many episodes have you done of this? This one we've done like 45, and I did 97 of the other one. Yeah, you get to a point where you're like, start asking people to do it, and you're like, ah, they probably don't want to do it. Well, I I think I'm going to reach a point here in about uh, six months where I'm pretty much going to have the same 10 people on. Mm -hmm. And 
occasionally have someone who I can't have on more than once, like a scientist or yeah, yeah. someone I can't. That's good. It's like it doesn't make, like I've already, someone who I can squeeze the lemon dry <laughs> yeah. unless we have some sort of crazy uh, yeah. connection. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have that, and it, that's just me shooting the show right. with my friends and stuff. And then uh, I have a new one. We're about nine episodes in called We're No Doctors that mm-hmm. I do with Busy Phillips from Cougar Town and uh, Freaks and Geeks. And it's just us. She's a fellow hypochondriac, and she's very neurotic like me. And we all we do is talk about medical stuff. And it's on Feral. Yeah, right here on Feral. Now it's time for the segment of the show I call Bad Questions. Uh-huh, yep. Bad questions. Bad questions. Bad questions. Bad questions. God, I love that. Okay, so this is the music. This is the bad music for bad questions. So some of these are my questions. Some of these are listener-submitted questions, but I'd like you to answer them. Uh, one of them we've already answered before. Steve Agee, why is there so much rock? Music or rocks? It's your, it's your, you can decide whatever you want. Well, I my, I think they're very similar in that, um, well, music is something that everyone can relate to. It's universal. People often refer to music as the uh, universal language. Okay, great. That's a little meandering. Thank you. Next. <laughs> um, worst time you've ever come? Worst time? Yes. I've never had a worst time. Got it. When did you get so tall? Uh, 15. Got it. Last type of suicide you considered? Oh, for my vertigo. Oh, but what what type of... What method? Oh, oh shooting myself in the Got head. Got it. Do you own a gun? Not yet. Okay, gonna be hard. <laughs> All right. Do you feel like there isn't enough time? Yes. Bad questions. Okay. Food that makes you cry? Uh, pickles. Best experience with eggs, edible or otherwise? Uh, always scrambled, always good. Got it. Have If you've cut your pinky finger off and it's an, unable to be reattached, would you grill it and take a bite of it? If someone wanted to grill it for me, sure. Great. Uh, what do you think is in the briefcase? This is submitted by listener Duncan Trussell. What do you think is in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? I always like to imagine that it was just something magic. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, this new toothbrush is making my gum sore. What do I do? Sent by listener. I'm not sure who sent it in. Stop brushing. Got it. Okay, so when you poop, you usually pee too. But if you poop and don't pee, what's going on down there? Sent in by user S-I-N-F-E-L-D. Uh, it usually means you've probably peed recently. Got it. Great. Okay. Uh, we have a question from a uh, listener, Justine Bateman. Uh, uh, I believe you know her yeah, from uh, we've, something. We've question together. for Steve. Why does comedy come so easily for it you? It doesn't. Bad questions. It doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to answer why she thinks it does become so easier for you? I, I mean, I, I mean, she only knows me as a comedian and... We've worked together on a comedy short, so... guess that's it, isn't it? guess that's it. Okay, we have something from Sam J. Hodge who asks, Stooges or Velvet Underground? Stooges. Great, easy. I'll pick Velvet Underground. Wrong. Okay. (laughs) Why does sour cream have an expiration date? Bad questions. It's disgusting. (laughs) Great, okay. Uh, Do you enjoy pain? Uh, A little bit. Great, what kind? Uh, Bad questions. Hand pain. Hand pain. Which, Bad which hand? Uh, left hand. Left hand. Okay. Bad questions. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Bad Questions with Steve Agee, your guest today. Give it up for Steve Agee and check out his podcast online uh, all over the place. You can do it. You can be there. We're all here for you. Uh, a little housekeeping right before we go. Leave your car, please. Okay. Please <laughs> leave your car. Also, I'm Steve Agee. That's our guest. This is a sound. <laughs> It's just a sound. I like it. Podcast email is live to tape podcast at gmail.com. Live to tape podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash live to tape. Um, slash Patreon.com slash live to tape. Okay, thanks so much for being here, Steve. Um, really pleasure. had a great time. You want to pick up that guitar real quick? Yep. And let's just get out of here in fashion and style. Maybe um, you can play whatever you want. Try to sing along my best Sometimes there's a crack in the sidewalk Filled with sun-dried tomatoes Maybe it's blood from a dehydrated bomb Sometimes there's a crack in the sidewalk Filled with Tootsie Rolls
melted by the sun It's actually feces I'm gonna come Sometimes the sun goes round the moon Round the moon Sometimes there's an eclipse at noon At noon Sometimes Sometimes You can't find where you parked your car Where is my fucking car? Maybe you should get keyless entry And walk around clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking Clicky click, clicky click, 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 clicky click, clicky click, click, clicky clicky click, 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 click. Get in your car, masturbate in the parking lot in your car. It's Target, so busy, no one will notice because the savings are so huge. Bye, everyone. I just waved. Bye. I just waved at a microphone. You just waved at a microphone. What was that music that you play during the questions? It's someone a listener. It's listener submitted music. Yeah, I like it. Good night. I'm still, I'm just playing this song. And now we're going to go. Okay, that's enough. Feral Audio.